Welcome to Otaku Ryoho on the Geek Therapy Network. Here at Otaku Ryoho, we talk about life and mental health and psychology and, and stuff using anime. Is that is that is that right, John? That's it. That-, that that's our whole gist. That's pretty much. Yeah, the my show. name is <laughs> my name is Oscar Cardona. I'm joined by John Ramos, and uh, this is the first episode of season two of Otaku Ryoho. Season I didn't two. remember how to do the intro. <laughs> Woo! All right. Applause. So, applause. Okay. <laughs> Um, so, so it is, it is my turn. It was, uh, be- backstage, we flipped the coin and, uh, I won or lost. <laughs> and so, uh, it is my turn to begin. And I have What's selected- this turn you speak of? <laughs> it's been so long. Oh, right. right, right, right. So the format of this program is that we, uh, take turns. There's only two of us, so <laughs> one episode I choose, the other one uh, you choose, the topic for the episode. But uh, we choose the topic trying to build off of the conversation that we just had today. Mm-hmm. So because we are starting a brand new season, and I can't even remember what the last episode was that we talked about, mm-hmm. uh, we were starting fresh. And so I'm picking a topic based on... Um, just life and, and anime I've been watching. And then it will be Zhang's turn to choose a a topic on the spot before we finish recording mm-hmm. based on this conversation. Exactly. It's a wonderful concept made up by uh, the one and only Jack Ramos. We've and, kept um, these devilish rules. Yep, yep, yep. I like it, I like it. Okay. So, so my selection is... So, 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 you know, I don't know when people will listen to this, but uh, as you know, John, we are in the middle of uh, 2020 and uh, 2020 sucks it's a for multiple reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard. And one of the reasons why um, it has sucked for me, at least, because I've been fortunate enough to not deal with with the worst parts of 2020. And I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. It means I'm not a black person in the United States, right? Mm-hmm. I am not, um, I'm not, rem- you know, like I'm not a victim of police brutality. I'm not a victim of um, severe discrimination. I'm a Hispanic person. That's a whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in 2020, when we're, we're talking about how black lives matter, um, that is something that I don't deal with directly, but I have family and friends who are black and and we are constantly now talking about what they go through and what historically black people have gone through in the United States. Mm. That is, it's very sad and it is exhausting also as an ally and an observer and I don't know, a human being who cares about other human beings. That's one part. Mm-hmm. We've got COVID-19. I have one friend who seems to have contracted it and they recovered and they're okay. I haven't had any family members, any other friends who have contracted it. I haven't lost anybody to it. But I do know people who have family members who have um, died from the disease. I see the numbers going up every day. I see on social media and online people who are sick or who have lost someone and it is exhausting. And finally, because of everything, 
um, many, many people have lost their jobs. And I am fortunate enough to not only have found a new job and started right at the beginning of March um, and also moved to a place where I believe, um, uh, well, I'll take two, two, two things. One, uh, luckily, I, I still have my job and I'm able to do my job from home. So I do not need to go anywhere. Um, I don't need to you know, leave the house. I'm able to work from home. I haven't lost my job, but again, I know a lot of people who have lost their jobs and I see that many people have lost their jobs and are struggling and it's exhausting for me as a, as a human being. Mm -hmm. Uh, and even just the, the normal COVID stuff, um, because of all of those other things I've been able to, in many ways, I'm, I'm like living my ideal life right now. I'm like, I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to dress up for work. I get to work from home. I'm comfortable. I, you know, I, it was a new apartment when I had just moved here when all this started in a, in a place that is a, a city where I can get things delivered to me. Like I even get my groceries delivered. You can't do that everywhere. So everything that's been going on, I have been, I have not been suffering, um, be, because of uh, di- directly, but it has been exhausting again to see what's going on. And so it's, it sucks. The, the, the world sucks as, as good as some things are for me. I don't, I, I don't wish the world, I, I wish the world <laughs> that things would change. I wish that things would change. Mm-hmm. So I think there's probably multiple, you know, reasons why, but I think one of the things that I've been feeling, you know, for the, for the, for the last nine months or so is definitely um, what's, what's called considered uh, compassion fatigue, vicarious trauma, mm-hmm. secondhand stress, that type of thing, where I am just feeling for other people and not necessarily what other people are feeling, but I'm feeling for them. And it's ex- exhausting. So that's a review of, of my life. <laughs> now, let's get to the anime. <laughs> I recently started watching an anime called ReZero. Uh, what is it? It's ReZero... Something life in another, another world. Life in another Something world. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Uh, a friend of mine, um, whom I met the the weekend that I moved here. I'm, I'm living in Chicago now, by mm-hmm. the way. So uh, I moved here to Chicago, and the week that one weekend, like I have a friend, I meet her husband for the first time, and we clicked. Like me and this guy, we clicked. We're like, it, it was fantastic. So we start talking anime. And he's like, have you seen ReZero? I'm like, no, I haven't. And he tells me about it. it takes me a while to finally see it. But, they, you know, recently I was like, hey, you know, I want to I wanna start something new. So so finally I'm like, okay, I'll watch ReZero starting life in another world. I'll watch this. And it was a little rough at first. After a couple episodes, I realized like, oh, like the things that are happening to the main character are pretty horrific. Mm-hmm. And and my friend didn't sell it to me as like a horrific show. How did he sell it, it to you? It, just an isekai. It's like no, it's about this guy who gets sent to another world, <laughs> you know. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had yeah. watched a couple different ones. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, I forgot the name of this other one. The, again, like I'm 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 no stranger to isekais. I, I like them. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. So, <laughs> so so you know, typical 
human from Earth gets transported to a, a fantasy realm. And I, honestly, I didn't like the the show at first. Yeah. I wasn't. I was. I didn't really didn't enjoy it. I don't. I didn't like the character that much. There's just. I don't know. There was something about it. Mm-hmm. But I went back to it. I watched a few episodes. I'm. I start characterizing the show as like this is kind of horrific. Mm-hmm. What I didn't realize was, eventually, the toll that this show was taking on me. The main character Subaru suffers so much. Mm-hmm. And so often, and in some of the worst ways possible. And the more I thought about it, the more I experienced the show, the more it it was taking an emotional toll on me. Like I was feeling everything I described before about how exhausting 2020 has been. I felt that way watching this show. It was exhausting. Mm-hmm. There are things that happen in the show. Like I'm not. I'm, I'm going to try to not spoil too many things because if someone's listening, they haven't watched the show. I, I don't know if that. I mean, this, this show has <laughs> always been sort of like spoiler, spoilerific, and it's, it's been super spoilerific. It's true. It's yeah. true. Um, and like you can't watch every anime, but like the things because like I I think it's a good show. Like mm-hmm. I've I've enjoyed it, but on the other hand. Yeah, like maybe maybe if I prepare you for some of the things, it won't be as horrific, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But there are so, there are just so many things that happen that I was exhausted. Like I had to stop, and I'm I'm 29 episodes in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm I stopped at episode 29 because episode 29 is setting up just the premise of it. Set up something. Just imagining what this show might do is breaking my heart. Yeah. So, so, so the premise of the show, um, the, the the interesting thing about the show is that he, uh, Subaru, the the main character, he gets transported from Earth to to this place, and then now he uh, has the, I don't know if ability, curse, or whatever, but the the what's different about the show is that if he dies, he gets to come back and try again, mm-hmm. which I was really excited about. We had an episode last year about. Um, death, mm-hmm. and I talked about how I, I would, I would, I very much like the idea of reincarnation. Mm-hmm. And if I had to, if I had to pick a lane. I, as far as beliefs go, I'd probably go that way. Mm-hmm. So this idea of, of, of that the person gets to die and like start over, I, I like that. Yeah, I hate losing progress. Like if you'll remember from that episode, I characterize dying as losing progress. Mm-hmm. And that 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 part of um, of death, you know, like if life continuing after death, what would f- be frustrating for me, and the what frustrates me just thinking about it is the idea that I would lose all the progress that I just had and I have to start from zero again. Mm-hmm. In this show, he doesn't start from zero; he does lose progress, but he basically has a save point. And this mm-hmm. isn't one of those shows that's like inside a video game at least that that hasn't been established <laughs> yeah right so so he 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 dies and he goes back to a, a basically a save point he even calls it a save point at some point yeah and so he gets a but the things that the, nobody remembers except him mm-hmm. so the, okay before i even get into all of the some of the her, more horrific things i just want to say that just the just the idea that he's constantly losing progress mm-hmm. was was already stressful for me because of the way that I see life and death. 
Yeah. So I saw him like move forward and then die and then have to go back and have to go through some of those things again. And while at first I was like, oh, he gets a chance to try again. Mm -hmm. The problem is that he gets to try again with the knowledge and the suffering that that he went through. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't think about it that way. So, so I'm I'm curious your your thoughts so far before I get into like details of of the stuff that really messed with me. <laughs> no, okay, truly, truly, I truly, I think there's a lot of stuff I have to say about this series. Um, my experience was was different, and that I got positive feelings from it as opposed to negative feelings from it. Like I didn't get compassion fatigue, mm-hmm. but mostly because I related to a lot of what Super Mario was going through in my own way. Um, but I think we should keep on the on the compassion fatigue front before we, we keep going forward. I think I think, yeah, the the fact that he can come back from death to a specific save point and remember Not of his choosing. Yeah, not 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 of his choosing, right? Um and remember everything he went through and every single bit of pain that it took for him to die or stuff like that. Um, it's it's pretty traumatizing in its own right. And uh, sometimes the situations he's put on can be can feel so hopeless that you can spend a whole playthrough going through weeks of feeling hopeless right and then yeah. suddenly lose that again and it's like he he can't ex- escape the cycle that's another problem that that he faces mm-hmm. right eventually like he'll die and and come back to the same spot unless he solves the problem so it's a sort of he's stuck in that cycle until he gets through it and to me that was that's part of the harshest things about this world right yeah, yeah. um but yeah uh, Continue with with your point because I think mine would be like a, a bit of a a tangent Contrast. from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So 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 one is when he dies, he can't choose when to come back, right? Yeah. So that's that's always random. So even when he knows he's gonna die, he has no idea how far back he's gonna go, mm-hmm. and that is something that they've played with already to to great effect. Yeah. <laughs> How far did you have, how far have you watched? I've, I watched season one all the way to episode twenty five, all the way to episode twenty five. I think so. So you watched the last episode? Yeah, that ended pretty pretty bright and shiny. Okay, <laughs> pretty bright and shiny, and I know that's did not it? gonna last. Did it? Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Then I'm not gonna. Okay. It was a I'm very romantic you. ending. It could have ended right there, even though there's a lot of the story that still hasn't been explained or, or explored. But it could have been a happy ending right there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, 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 I may spoil something for you moving okay. forward. It gets worse. Uh, there isn't much more. Like, there's only, I think there's only 32 episodes so far. Yeah. So, um, and I stopped at 29, so I'm only a couple episodes ahead of you. Mm-hmm. But there's one thing that happens right after that that was infuriating. Okay. Anyway, so 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 let's start from the beginning. So mm-hmm. not only does he not get to choose, um, also I like the I like the fact that this show 
um, very, very takes very seriously the idea of a person going into a, a another world mm-hmm. as like, oh, that that's probably dangerous, and the likelihood of you dying <laughs> because mm-hmm. you have no preparation whatsoever yeah. is very high. Mm-hmm. And so we see that happening. Um, so there's this, there's this always this threat of like you, this world can kill you. So that's, that's one thing. Yeah. Um, second, he has seen every single person that he cares about die mm-hmm. repeatedly. Yes. Not only that's that, he's up. seen like the worst and best facets of each character. Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me. Yeah, have a list. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're getting excited. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's seen everybody die, mm-hmm. right? He has also been killed by some of the people that he cares the most about mm-hmm. because of misunderstandings or lack of whatever. Mm-hmm. He has literally. So there are people that he, when he comes back, and these people don't remember that they got to a point where they murdered him. Mm-hmm. He still carries that knowledge and he's trying to navigate the relationship to a point that they will not murder him. Mm-hmm. Imagine <laughs> like, going this... through that with your friends. <laughs> oh man. Like, so, so the, the, I, I actually appreciate the way that it touches on not directly, but like it, 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 it doesn't ignore the traumatic effects that that could have on a person. Mm hmm. Like there's this one character who murders him when you di- when he discovers that but like right before it happens like this person had killed him multiple times before. Mm-hmm. Finally, he sets up a trap and sees who it is. His heart is broken <laughs> the moment he realizes mm-hmm. who it is, because then it reframes the entire relationship before that. But then after that, when he finally like comes back again, fixes that relationship, he sees the weapon that killed him at some point, and he like he he obviously has a reaction to it because how could you not? And like when he gets murdered, he doesn't just, it's not like a light switch. Like he has been dismembered. He has been stabbed. Disemboweled. He has been cut open. He has been poisoned. He has been cursed. Like there's so many ways that he has died. It's just, it's just horrible to the, to the, to the point of what you said before he has seen, he has had these wonderful relationships with people, just beautiful friendships that have formed. And then lost them completely. Yeah. He's also had these people hate him. And luckily, like, he's been able to, to change that. But he never forgets it. Mm-hmm. They, they don't know that it happened. But he remembers it. And oh, that, is, that, is, that is so hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Because we also remember and so we know that he's carrying that and he's trying to move forward. And to be completely honest, at first I didn't like Subaru, the main character. Mm-hmm. But I think the reasons why I didn't like him are the reasons why he is so resilient and able to handle all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like at first he's like, he's very playful and he's kind of silly and he's like not taking everything too seriously. Mm-hmm. And he's always trying to... Um, I don't know. I don't know that the the show conveys this very well, mm-hmm. but he is always trying to um, appear one way. Like he's always trying to act in a certain way yeah. to appear like he's not losing his mind or he's not afraid or or other things. Like, do you agree with that? I think the show portrays it actually pretty well. 
You think so? There's even okay. this one part where everybody's noticing that he's breaking down. Yeah. Even though he's, <laughs> you know, he's trying his best. And literally yeah. one of the characters is like, okay, sit down. And he's like, yeah. no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And they're like, yeah, no, put no, your head on my lap. Just, shut up. Just, just sit down. <laughs> and then he starts crying. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that experience. Yeah. 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 Where mm-hmm. you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to, nobody's going to know. <laughs> nobody's, <laughs> nobody's going to know. know. How would they know? <laughs> How would they know? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the that experience. Yeah. yeah. So, so. Uh, in a way, like that's been very admirable. Well, I because like there there are episodes where it's obvious, mm-hmm. but I think that it wasn't obvious for most of the show. So then when they, when you when I go back and I think about it, I'm like, oh, that's just who he is. Like that's how he, that's how he, um, that's how he faces like pain. Yeah, he tries to make, yeah, yeah, to to go through it through humor. He's making jokes. He's trying to be bubbly, right? Like yeah. there's all of these things. So really, it's 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 like a it's like it's all a defense mechanism, mm-hmm. really. Really, so yeah, so we see, so we see these things happening, and then again, he's seen just oh, it's just, it's just so horrible, and it takes seventeen episodes for him to finally, basically break down into a catatonic state. Like mm-hmm. he, he just completely, he comes back after the, around the seventeenth episode mark, after just the worst, most horrific death of his friend yet. He comes back and he's just basically a vegetable like he cannot he can't do anything Mm -hmm. and then oh no actually no he comes back like that and then he sees probably the worst most horrific death of his friend uh and then he tries to he he feels completely hopeless and helpless Mm -hmm. which um this is like episode 18 right which we were talking about yeah um at, at on the geek therapy forum we have a a library of um episodes and characters and things like that for for teachers and therapists to use um as reference and that episode was, I thought it was it was amazing mm-hmm. because he finally, like, it is post the catatonic episode. He's at a point where he's, he feels so, so hopeless. And he's like, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of fighting. I just want to run away. Mm-hmm. I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't, I can't just die. So my only option, I can't, and I can't win either. So let me, let's just run away. I just want to leave. And the way he does it, the way he talks about it, like he is so, so tired. He's so afraid mm-hmm. of just possibly seeing any of that again or another version of it again. Yeah, even even the way he tries to reframe the situation and say like, yeah. this isn't something I'm doing out of desperation. This is a realization. Like yeah. there's nothing that we can do. Let's just run. This, this, this is like the only way. And, you know, the the other characters, like I can see it in your eyes that you don't believe that. That yeah, you, you, you just presented a very happy alternative uh-huh. to me, but you're saying it, but but like you're not smiling. Mm-hmm. You are just running away. Yeah, this is your way of trying to avoid any more suffering. Yeah, and that that episode destroyed me because at that point I'm exhausted too. Like I can't I can't do this anymore. I can't watch this show anymore. Mm-hmm. I am so tired, and and oh. So, so, and and this is just like the main stuff. There are little things that are just terrifying, and yeah. and like like a cute animal that's actually a possessed like <laughs> demon thing that curses people and like wipes out an entire town. Yeah, or or a, an animal that makes people forget you or forget mm-hmm. people. You erase you from existence. It's not just for, erases. It, it's you not just forgetting. From. It's like everything every impact you had on this world is is erased 
<laughs> so that that one, right? Mm -hmm. Just, just, just try again. If you haven't seen the show, just try to imagine. Mm -hmm. After all of this horrible stuff that he's going through, he finally decides I can move forward. And the first time that he faces, like he he tries to move forward, this new element appears that can just delete people from existence. And so nobody remembers your friend, right? You do, but nobody else does. It's like if the person, again, erased from existence. That was so cruel. Mm -hmm. So cruel. That's so, you know. And I'll just tell you, the next episode you watch, that's going to happen again. Yeah. I, I, I figure this, right this show is, right it's a beginning. cycle. <laughs> okay. And then, and then, so, and then th there's even a moment where he tries to, now, I don't want to ruin it for you, but, uh, mm -hmm. no, just talk about it. I, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so not only does the same thing, like you had this happy ending immediately after that, like five minutes into the next episode, he's going to talk about a character and another character is going to say, who's that? Mm. My heart just ripped open. Okay. It just destroyed me, mm. destroyed me. Yeah. And it hurts him so much that he decides to just reset. He's like, no, mm -hmm. I'm going to die and I'm going to go back. Okay. And he comes back too late. Mm. For the first time in the show, they play with that idea. Ah, damn. Where he comes, where he comes back after the thing has already happened and he can't go back and fix it. Destroys me. Destroys me. Okay. Now, now this is just, this is just like, Okay, that's that's what you have to look forward to in season two. Yeah. And I've only watched a couple of episodes in. And what they just did, right, what made me want to stop watching is that basically they're having him they're having him in a flashback, basically. Going back to being on Earth for the first time. We're seeing him living on Earth since the first episode. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing him interact with a family member. And I was like, my imagination went wild. And I was like, I can't, no, no, I don't even want to know. I don't, I can't, there's just too, now you're adding more characters to just play with. Uh, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I'm also one of the, maybe the one, maybe, maybe the worst thing about it all, mm -hmm. which didn't feel like the worst thing at the beginning, but now feels more and more horrible as the show goes on is that he is not able to tell anybody what is happening. Yeah. Ah, yeah, that's the worst. People around him know. They're like, how do you know that this is happening? How do you know that this is going to happen? How do you? How did you know to avoid this or that? Why are you treating me this way? Why are you talking to me? And the whole time, he has to constantly either avoid the subject or lie to get around it because he's been cursed and he is unable to speak about what is happening to him to the point where either he will die or someone someone else will die which to me was extreme uh, it is like that there was this is one moment when he musters up the the bravery to talk about it and instead of him dying it just kills the person in front of him Ugh, it is just... this is this show is torture right so yeah. like it we are seeing subaru be tortured mm -hmm over and over and over again and i and it was exhausting i don't know if i can i, I don't know i i think 
I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Like I want him to win more than I've ever wanted any character to win, yeah. to win and just move forward and just like have a happy ending. But I don't know with all the suffering that he's gone through so far, if it's worth it. Mm. I don't know if I can keep going with him yeah again not even a character like i don't even think he's like a great like i don't even super like him as a character Mm -hmm. and yet the fact that he's been suffering so much and we're going along that ride with him is it is just it's just too much man so i don't i don't know what other word there is for it but i i'm it has been exhausting Mm -hmm. and so obviously there's a parallel between like experiencing this show and and living through 2020 that has been, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know what else to say, but it's made me think a lot about how I feel like there is, there is a sense of control that I have over Crunchyroll that I do not have over the real world. Mm -hmm. Like I can, even if I stop watching social media and I stop reading the news and I completely stop talking to people in my life. All of those horrible things are still happening. Mm-hmm. And the moment that I tap back in, like it's, it's, it's still there. So it's not really possible to avoid it because like, like I'm a part of the world. I'm, I'm, I'm living in it. I'm, I'm, my job is very much related to the things that are happening in the world. It is, I can't turn that off, mm-hmm. but ReZero, I can stop. I could stop like around episode five and I was like, whoa, I need a break. Mm-hmm. I cannot, I cannot deal with this anymore. It is too much. And when I was ready, I was able to come back. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I think, I think there's a lot there, right? Like if we're, if we're talking about mental health and we're talking about these ideas, right? Of vicarious trauma, secondary stress, all these things. Um, like I, I was a mental health practitioner full time and it was exhausting. It, d- it destroyed me. It was, it's so hard, like helping professionals go through, like they see so much suffering. And one of the things that happens um, is that people start becoming numb to, to like the I plight of I other people. You. Sorry. And, but another thing that can happen is that like, you just get better at dealing with it and you don't let, then you don't let, but like it, it becomes easier to not, get to, to be more resilient and be able to, to, to face those things and face, you know, people who are dealing with other things mm-hmm. and not be overwhelmed by it. Yeah. But it takes time and it takes like, I think 2020 has been too much for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I feel like our experience during Maria and, and, and other things from my life have prepared me pretty well for what I have had to go through this year. Yeah. But even then, it's still like it's nine months at this point, right? Like it's a lot. Like it is, it is exhausting. Um, but the show gives me some control, right? Like I can, I can, I can choose not to move forward. I can choose yeah. to 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 take some time. I can choose to prepare mm-hmm. for it before I go into it. Like I don't know what's going to happen in the next episode, but I can I can put myself in a particular mindset to do that. And I've been thinking about it as a way of of practicing for dealing with yeah. the world because it's a safe ground for practicing empathy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Cause I can, I can, I can take a break from the news, right? I can take a break from, or I can speak. I've even brought this up at work where I've told people like, we got to stop asking people. This is, this is my opinion, right? Like we need to start thinking about whether or not 
it's okay to ask people how they're doing in the middle of all this. Because sometimes I'm not prepared for that answer. (laughs) I may not be prepared for the answer that you're going to give me when I'm like, hey, how are you? The likelihood of you telling me, actually, this person has COVID or this person lost their job or the blah, blah, blah. Like there's so many horrible things that could, that could be your answer for that. Mm-hmm. Something like we're not thinking about. So I've been very mindful about how I, I even interact with other people and how I, I, I engage with different situations and you can't control it all, but, but there's something about that, you know, we can be more mindful about it and, and kind of uh, take some control or, or at least, again, I think that just being mindful of it so that you can, Try to be aware of how how ready you are today to deal with mm-hmm. either 2020 or Subaru's plight. <laughs> yeah. When I, when I open are, up Twitter, are, I always have to think to, to myself, like, how ready am I for this? Am I am mm-hmm. I okay? Like, no. should I just should I should I watch Tech Talk instead of Twitter? <laughs> um, that's that's my constant state, right? Um, yeah. And that's pretty much how it is. Sometimes it it's easy to sort of fall into the mental trap of you can't stop watching what is going on. Like mm-hmm. you have to keep yeah. on going because yeah. um, it's just like a sort of like battle for your own soul saying that <laughs> like if you're not constantly on top of this, you're being you're you're disconnecting yourself from the world and you're mm-hmm. you're. What's the word for it? Like you're abandoning uh, people who might need you, or 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 you're you're veering your eyes away from the truth, or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to fall yeah. into that trap. But yeah. essentially, um, if you don't take care of yourself, there's very little that that you're gonna do on the long run to help anyone. And that's I think that's that's a very important part of of compassion fatigue. There are times where we need to take a break because if you don't take care of yourself, there's there will be not much left for you to give. And and so taking those breaks is important. Understanding that when when you stop looking at the world, the world will still be there when you come back two or three days from now. Um. And maybe you'll have more energy to deal with it. Sometimes you have to recharge. Yeah. 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 I mean, we talk about burnout a lot as part of um, mm-hmm. something that happens uh, to people in, in particular professions. I think that a lot of people are burning out mm-hmm. just um, now, right? Just because, again, you're you're seeing what's happening. You're you're surrounded by by suffering all the time. Yeah. And yeah I, I don't I don't know like like I think one thing that happens is that you can get to a point where you turn it off and then you just stop caring mm-hmm. because caring can be caring is too painful yeah I think I think that's what Subaru is finally like that's that's episode 18 right like mm-hmm. Subaru is at the point where he's like I, I can't I can't I'm running away there's no way I can never go through any of this again mm-hmm. and and yeah, we'll probably talk more about that episode and and how he comes around on that. But like that, in in real life, that means you're either quitting, right? Like you're you're not doing the thing that you need to do anymore, mm-hmm. um, 
or or yeah or you just start like or you you can literally become numb to it right like you can see people suffering and walk away and that's like at, i'm not at that point i can't i don't know if i'm more sensitive to other people's uh suffering mm-hmm. or not um I kind of wish I was less <laughs> like I wish I didn't think about it so much. I wish it didn't. Um, I wish I didn't feel pain to see other people in pain. Mm-hmm. That part of me is still working. <laughs> it still works. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, but like I, like you said, like you can recharge and then come back and you'll definitely be better equipped to deal with that. And, and I want to be, I want to be better equipped to mm-hmm. deal with that. I want to, you know, I I want to reach twenty twenty one and say, ha, you know, twenty twenty, you you tried your hardest, <laughs> but you didn't get me. Yeah, <laughs> you made me feel a lot of pain, but I'm still here, and um, and I'm I'm ready for, for I'm ready for the next one. You know, and 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 you know, building up resilience. I think I think it's it's definitely happening, but it can, it, but it can be exhausting, and it's hard to to gauge it. I think sometimes you don't realize how the toll that it's taking on you until it's too late. Yeah. 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 And my experience, and I know, it's, I know it's not the same experience for most of other people, but um, when dealing with compassion fatigue, I've just learned to lean in to those feelings instead of tried to like avoid them or become strong enough to not feel them. When whenever I have an experience with a patient that is particularly hard, I try to channel that energy into writing or stuff like that because there, if if there's one sh- thing I had sure when I started medical school that I didn't want to lose was empathy, right? But it, it can be very tough seeing what is essentially hundreds of lives that you're going to have to work with on a daily basis. And some of them are going to go. Some of them are going to have peaceful deaths. Some of them are going to have not so peaceful deaths. Some of them are going to be alone. Um, And that sort of thing is bound to get to you emotionally. And the way I've always dealt with it is to recognize that this world is not an easy world to live with. And that's something I wanted to get into talking about this anime, right? I had to recognize that this world is not a, a easy world to live with and that pain comes with a package of being born, of, of existing in this world. But we can do what we can to make the most of it, right? And to me, that means being able to recognize somebody's feelings, being able to feel them, but at the same time, being able to offer something back, right? And the way I'm able to deal with those, this, those, that sort of vicarious trauma is to put it into words and write it or, or somehow verbalize it in such a way that I can, I can make sense of it, right? And then I can take steps once I know that I'm okay with it and I've sat with those feelings, take steps to do something about it. I led um, uh, some discussions at, at work, and I used a, a video from a, a marriage and family therapist I saw online. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name is Janelle Johnson, and she it was a quick video after the 
the it was she she recorded this the morning after the Brianna Taylor um, mm. uh, decision, and she said a lot of really, really. I, th- I thought there were great things. So I used them as like as a basis of, for a discussion at work. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really talking about racial trauma. And But I think it's applicable to, to many different things. Mm-hmm. And one of the things she said was like, everyone is telling you to keep moving, but no one tells you how to keep moving. Mm-hmm. And, and that's true. And she focused a lot on redirecting the energy yeah. uh, that you're feeling, right? Like these emotions are, think of them as an energy. If you keep them bottled up, they're going to explode or they're going to wear you down. Mm-hmm. And... And just like you said, you know, she talked about creating. She was like, do something with that energy, redirect that energy in a way that um, at the at the other end of it, right? It's like it's like let's say you're you're angry at the world, right? Mm-hmm. And then you sit with that emotion, and then you don't know you don't know what to do with it, and then you you maybe you release it, but then at the end you just feel you just feel empty mm-hmm. because all you did was yell or break something, yeah, or complain or write an angry comment, right? And like feeling empty after like that supercharging of, of all that negative energy is not, is not great. But then, but if you, if you can use, you know, you can redirect that energy into something creative, like you, like you said, like writing at the, and at the other end of it, you feel, you feel empowered, mm-hmm. right. Or you feel better. That's a completely different feeling. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the trick, right? Like it's exactly what you said. Like how, what is that thing for you that can that you can take that that energy and redirect it in a way that after you release it, you feel good instead of feeling worse than you did before, or perhaps worst of all, just empty, mm-hmm. right? Like imagine feeling all of that stuff inside of you, and then, and then at the end, once it's gone, it just it just leaves a hole, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I love that. Uh, I know that on the Geek Therapy Discord, you've been sharing these. Um, it's every day, right? You've been writing a um, like a short story. You know, I fall off from times to times, but um, well, no one was gonna know unless he told them. But yeah, <laughs> how would they know? But how would how would they know? <laughs> um, but it's okay. Know. Part I think part of these like challenges is to put yourself through a challenge. Um, but you know, you can't beat yourself up over not accomplishing it to its fullest extent, right? If there are days where I have a writer's block, I just accept it. And I hope that tomorrow I'll have more energy to do it. And I think that's a, that's a good way to sort of face these sort of things. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you this year from the, from the very beginning, Mm -hmm. I started with the premise that I needed more creative outlets mm-hmm. and, and so i started building gundam models and painting and doing other things um that were creative like there's something about the creation process like for years for me that has been podcasting mm-hmm. there's something wonderful about the production of it putting things together the editing like putting something out into the world it feels good mm-hmm. but like 2020 has been rough and and um you need variety you need something new I not only needed some variety, but I needed something like because because the podcasting eventually it also like it also becomes a it can become a chore, right? Yeah, it's it can scheduled. become like it is it is hard work. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I need something that wasn't hard work, that wasn't that didn't have people who depended on me or, or had other so many other things tied into it. I needed something new and fresh and that was just like super exciting and, and kind of mine. Mm-hmm. And 
and I've I've found that like through 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 building and making things. Yeah, I've been like building Legos. Like, I, like I've, I haven't done that in years. Like as an adult, I've had a couple sets and stuff, but like no, like now I have just like like just not a set like i can just build stuff right like there's something about the building and the making and and um that is just it just it just feels it feels good it feels it's definitely a challenge and channeling of mental energy mm-hmm. for me more than maybe emotional energy mm-hmm. but i think i think there's there's you know there's part of both there definitely and and in fact i mean if if everything goes well <laughs> i hope to to start a new podcast soon on the geek therapy network that's all about art and and making and building nice and this is all a part of that and because it 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 has been great for me and it has been great for you like you just said Mm -hmm. and then i've seen how helpful it has been to other people to be and it really is about channeling that right like some somewhere different yeah like maybe yeah like i don't know that for me going to a political rally or a protest or even i don't know volunteering at the at the at the local hospital or food bank like any of these things that are directly related to the suffering that i'm seeing mm-hmm. i don't know that those things for me would be a a like positive channeling of the mm-hmm of the feelings because I would be even closer to, <laughs> to the things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, but the idea of creating stuff, of writing, of drawing, of building, all of those things have been, yeah, have been, have been very, very helpful. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's very interesting. My experience with ReZero was different and mm-hmm. It's mainly because of the experiences I've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, I was through my own cyclical hell until just recently. Um, <laughs> and now I'm more comfortable talking about it, knowing that I'm on the other side. How many times did you die and come back? Five times. Oh. Over the course. Tell, tell people Tell people what we're talking about. Okay, so. Be specific. I'm a, I'm a medical student, right? Um, I've been on my fourth year of med school for two years. Well, three years, one year and two extra years. Um, and that does sound like some Subaru shit, right? Yeah, there. <laughs> it, it's been tough. It's been tough um, because there's this specific test that you have to pass in order to finish medical school and become an MD, right? And so the first time I failed the test was right about when I got the the notice that I had failed to test. It was right about the same time that Hurricane Maria happened. So there was this period of time where I didn't know what was going on with my future because all communications were down, nothing was happening, right? And I went through a deep, deep depression. Um, as it would turn out, that depression was a chronic thing, right? And I would try to keep attempting to pass this test but with each previous failure, I was less emotionally ready for the next test hmm. because I had inherited the trauma of the last few attempts, right? Of going through a process, feeling hopeful, feeling happy, 
knowing that you're going to pass this test this time and then taking the test and failing and being back to zero, right? I, I got to say, this is, it's blowing my mind how obvious it is now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the parallels between your experience for the last few years mm-hmm. and the show. Like you literally, like every time you pass, you fail the test, you had to go back to zero and start studying for it again. Mm-hmm. And and going through all this horrible, like there's just t- so much material. Like yeah. you had to go through that over again and again and again. The amount of material is so much that I spent one month away and I already had to learn everything back from scratch because yeah. you forget. And these exams are meant to test you on three years of medical school, which are days in which you sleep probably like four, five hours a day because there's so much material. It's overwhelming. And it's all just for one test, right? Yeah. And every time I took the test, I learned something about myself in the same way that Subaru did, right? I felt like, hmm, okay, so I know what I did wrong. It was this. And once I fix this, it's going to get better. My first time, it was my ADHD diagnosis, right? I went to a psychologist. I went to a psychiatrist after being deeply depressed. And after I managed my depression, we started considering, hey, maybe you have ADHD. And as I started taking my medication, I saw improvement in the way I functioned in life. And that was like a big revelation. And I felt I have the key. I know why I failed this test. It's it, it was my ADHD. And I would take the test and I would fail it. So I had to rethink after going through, you know, the the devastating defeat, I would have to rethink what I did wrong and try to do it all over again. And it had to do with my family, it had to do with my independence, it had to do with my relationships. It had to do with the way I was studying. It had to do with the way I I planned and the way I saw the study material. It had to do with so many factors that I find it impossible to write it in, in a letter of what's this thing you write? And when when I do a, a personal statement, right? I'm gonna have to do a personal statement. And often I read in books that if you have something that might be seen as a detractor in your in your history, you have to be able to express that in a positive manner, right? And you have to be able to show that you've grown because of it. But it has to have a specific character limit. And that idea is to me very intimidating because there are so many factors that I am sure had an effect right? And I don't know how to talk about this experience, which was so huge, right? And say, it's like somebody asking Subaru at the end of the series, you know, how did we get, how did you get here? And he has to explain everything from the beginning, right? (laughs) Like, well, the first time I died, and then I saw you, and then I remembered that you went to this place, and then, and stuff like that. Like, the amount of stuff I had to work on was so much that it's hard to talk about, right? But every time I failed, I had to come back to it and I had to remember and I had to have people telling me like, you know, it's it's just a test. You can study and do better. And I had these breakdown moments that Subaru had, right? That, where, he, where he said like, you know, there is no way. Like I tried that, I tried this and it doesn't work. And I had those moments where 
the fourth time I failed, which was the last time I failed, I was on my honeymoon with my wife. Before I took that test, I had decided that I wasn't going to let medical school determine my happiness. So I took a lot of steps to to do things I have been waiting for all my life, like marrying my my wife, which I had been in a relationship with over 12 years. And by then, I it was 12 years. And I had not gotten married because I was waiting until I finished med school. And that ended up being one of the best decisions I made because she was one of the greatest support systems I had for this last attempt. And I was in the in my honeymoon and on our way back from Japan, we had to go through New York. And then our flight from New York was canceled and we were stuck in New York. But somehow my my luggage ended up in Puerto Rico. So we were stuck in New York without luggage. And suddenly I got the email that I got my my report. And it said I failed. And I just broke down right there in, in the in the airport. Um There's a lot of bad things all at once. Yeah, in the middle of our honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and right there and then I decided med school was over. Mm-hmm. And when I when I thought that, I felt such joy. Like, I was so over it. And that's why in episode 18, I related to Subaru so much. This yeah. this very idea that he said, you know, it's over. Like, let's just run away. And I felt so much joy because I felt like for once in my life, I wasn't stuck. I had something to do. Yeah. But eventually, you know, I had to come to grips with the feeling that this isn't, there's nothing else I wanted, right? I wanted to be a psychologist, but not as much as I wanted to be a psychiatrist. Yeah. And just knowing that for the rest of my life, I would have known that I picked plan B. Yeah. Um, it was then that I had a conversation with my wife and we decided that the only way I was going to give up on medicine is because somebody would take it away from me. It wasn't because I would give up on it. So I would keep on fighting until somebody said there is no next thing you can do this is the end like you're you're kicked out of med school um which would have happened if you didn't pass the fifth time yeah exactly so i put everything i had into that fifth test and apparently i passed right apparently (laughs) (laughs) which is still hard to believe sometimes but i i went through two years and five attempts And I had at least one period of break, like in between attempts, like uh, let's say one month of break. Hmm. So I was constantly going through the same trouble, through the same pain, just to come back to level to to zero. So to me, this series was incredibly validating. Hmm. The, The way I saw Subaru sort of like suffer through each and every one of his attempts, but still make it out, even though he'll keep the sort of scars that he inherited from each and every failed attempt is something that I can, I can definitely relate to. I've had friends who've given up on medical school because they've, they failed this test just recently. I have friends who are still failing and they're still attempting to get back on the horse. 
And I've seen a lot of people just every single year of med school, I've seen people fall off of med school because it's such a traumatizing experience. So this series to me was incredibly validating. And I guess it's because I went through that experience that I did not experience the compassion fatigue because it was so familiar, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, and of course I wasn't disemboweled and I wasn't, I didn't have to see my friends die before me, but emotionally I was disemboweled. Exactly, right? and mentally. <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah, this series was incredibly relatable to me. So I'm happy I, I got to see it. Um, I actually watched, before you had told me about watching this this series for this episode, mm-hmm. I had already watched episode one and I was bored by it. Yeah, I felt it was very like, I didn't know where the story was going, but... Nothing happens. Yeah. That's why like it's exactly. it's like the first episode is an hour long because they mm-hmm. need to it takes them that long to get somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but since you mentioned it, I started watching it again and I I've loved it, especially given my experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah two completely different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And you know, um as I hear you talking about it, it it's like it seems very obvious mm-hmm. that it's your it's your story. <laughs> and I'll have you know um just as painful as it was for me to see Subaru suffering it um has also been painful for me to to know what you have been through and uh the contrast to that is that you you have no idea how happy it made me when you finally passed the test yeah um because just as just as horrible <laughs> like i was i was I felt pain because I knew what you were going through mm-hmm. and um I felt uh great joy when you finally um passed that test. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think I can only feel that way from from this perspective, right? Like cuz that's definitely not my experience or at least I didn't see the show in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I had yeah. I had even that experience. You know there's this one part where Subaru is telling one of his friends like I'm trash. I'm not good at anything. Like, and then yeah. his friend is telling him all the good things about him. Yeah, I've had yeah. that moment where I was like, I'm not a good medical student. I'm just not gonna make it because I'm not built for it. And then I'd yeah. had moments where, for example, my wife would would bring up my my evaluations by other doctors, right? Yeah. And he would say, Look, read what they said. They gave you honors in this rotation. They believed that you were going to be a good doctor. You had letters of recommendation before you started taking this test. And it's that sort of validation of like, just because you failed a hundred and a thousand times doesn't mean that you're not apt for the job, right? You know, but that's that's quite the cognitive exercise to pull off mm-hmm. when you're emotionally... Yeah. Um, destroyed right like in de- during depression it's really hard to do that mm-hmm. and this is why whenever i see someone who is reaching out for help i th- my first question is always do you have a support system in place do you mm-hmm. have other people like what is your support system and if you don't have that let's work on getting you one mm-hmm. because you cannot do that alone like you you cannot in that moment when you are telling yourself that you are worthless and you are trash 
you you believe that because it's the only thing you can see because you're not able to to see anything else yeah. and without other people to help you see that it's going to be very hard to get to that point it's going to take a very long time and energy that you 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 just don't have at that moment yeah right and 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 having someone who is there deliberately doing that on purpose because sometimes people who don't have a support system can get to that point sometimes just over time mm-hmm. like again like we're talking about like this 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 release of energy right that's just like so taxing and then it can slowly certain things dissipate and sometimes something happens and you see it like maybe you see a show like like ReZero and it's super validating for you but Usually, the best way to do that is to have someone there, whether whether it's a friend, whether it's a, a spouse, whether it's your therapist, a teacher, you know, somebody who is supportive and able to, you know, just smack you in the face and tell you, like, look, you may believe that, but like, just factually, you know, <laughs> like, like, and and the way that she presented that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it it seems to have worked for you. I know that that's the way it works for me, and and that's the way I train too. It's like. There is evidence yeah. that uh, contradicts everything that you just told me, mm-hmm. and we need people to be able to 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 bring that to up. be supportive and present that to us so that we can so that we can get out of that situation, mm-hmm. which is so so hard. Yeah. And yes, I, that's why I think that that episode was amazing. And I'm I'm again I'm I'm so happy that you got to that point and that you related to it that way because now it seems very obvious <laughs> to me that you would have that that um feeling. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's good. That's good stuff. That's this is good first episode of the season stuff. Mhm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Wow. Mm. Really good stuff. Okay. So, don't mess it up. So, <laughs> Um, this is one thing that I really liked about the series was the idea that if there's one thing I have for sure is that there is no way Subaru could make it in this world. <laughs> in that world, you mean? In, yeah. In, in, in the world in, that he's... Okay. In ReZero world, yeah. right? There's no way Laguna. he could make it out of it if he did not have death, Return by Death. Yeah, right. Yeah. If there the the ways he solves these issues is he can only solve them that way because he knows what's going to happen, right? One hundred percent. He is a frail human being with no power, either like political power or magical power or strength to really do much except use his intellect and what he knows will happen, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I found very interesting about the series. And that goes into a topic I've wanted to bring up. And I mentioned this on our last episode of season one. And I think it's perfect for our next episode. Okay. I want to talk because we are still in October right now. We're still in spoopy times. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about cosmic horror. I mentioned this, right? And back then, I told you I wanted to talk about cosmic horror using Attack on Titan. And then I finished watching Attack on Titan until right now. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea how apt that series was 
because I had only seen season one and the amount of things that happen. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's it's too much, right? But I it is yeah, <laughs> cosmic yes. horror. It is something that is very it, it, I'm very fond of personally because it works on the idea that you live in a world that is overwhelmingly hostile to you, that there is absolutely no escape from pain, from suffering, from um, just like difficult times, right? But you have to find a way to live and to live through that and in a way rebelliously, you know, cling to life, right? And I think there are certain episodes in ReZero that I think show this perfectly. The way that Subaru has to cling to like hopeless odds even though the world seems like incredibly hostile to him, I think is a perfect metaphor for, for cosmic horror, the way the universe is uncaring towards his existence, right? Obviously, he he has godlike power in the sense that he can always come back from death. But every single instance of his life, of his different lives, is an instance of cosmic horror, Right? of the sense that he's just a small person in this big world that he does not understand, right? And Okay, so 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 I've, I'm looking up like definitions. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, the fear and awe we feel when confronted by phenomena beyond our comprehension, mm-hmm. whose scope extends beyond the narrow field of human affairs and boasts of cosmic significance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea that human beings are insignificant and inconsequential. Yeah. Okay, okay. So I think I definitely get the uh, Attack on Titan mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Uh that first episode where there's just like this this the colossal is just like it's so huge like it's it just it it almost doesn't register, right? Yeah. It's like I don't know if you've ever um like when I when I've been to like the Grand Canyon and things like that. Like my eyes can't really perceive the size of what it's seeing. So like it doesn't even seem real. Yeah. You know, it seems like a painting. Um, so, like, I get Attack on Titan. I can see how some of that is um, mm-hmm. definitely a factor in in ReZero. Do you have any other suggestions that I should check out? Right now, I'm going to keep it to those two. I find it really hard to address cosmic horror in in anime. Hmm. Um, okay, you see, you see it more prevalent in other forms of media. Yeah, definitely. Because, like, what? Um, writing, literature, um, movies have very good cosmic horror. But like, give me an ex- examples, hmm. if you don't mind. Cosmic horror in movies could be Annihilation. Um, cosmic horror in movies, Arrival is also a good cosmic horror, even though it's more mm-hmm. like a drama, but mm-hmm. it has elements of cosmic horror in there. Um... Oh, Annihilation is the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Annihilation is yeah. my favorite cosmic horror movie. Okay, um, interesting. Yeah. Especially because yeah, it well, blends biology, and I love biological science fiction. So, yeah. yeah, like in that movie, it's interesting. Did you ever read the book or just the, see the I movie? read the first book. Right, so, so my understanding is that in the book, it talks about something that is like indescribable, mm-hmm. right? Like... Like, um, and then the way that they, they create like that mist in the, in the movie is also like, it's hard to describe it. Mm -hmm. Like to me, it looks like when oil 
is in water on the street like it has like these streaks of color right mm. it's like it's hard it's like to like, i can't bubble. even really put it into words but then everything in that movie yeah it definitely seems like it just nothing makes sense mm-hmm. yeah okay okay yeah okay okay Okay. I really okay. want to talk about that. And I think Attack on Titan will be one of the best metaphors we can use for it. Yeah, I mean, it's uh it's one of my one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. So so and, and it works in and, different layers. It it, it works on yeah. so many different layers for that series. Yeah. Right? yeah. You know what it, it it finishes like season four is the last season, it comes out in December. I know. We watched it, me me and wife my wife recently watched everything from beginning to end in preparation i had only you watched it again sorry did you rewatch it or did you watch it for the first time i rewatched the first season but then i watched mm-hmm. the second and third season for the first time yeah i also rewatched the, the first season uh, with a friend and i think the second one too mm-hmm. um and so yeah no that's ooh, that show yeah. oh, i love that show for so many reasons it's so much yeah okay mm-hmm. all right yeah okay. okay i'm intrigued i'm intrigued Okay, I haven't done this for a long time, but thank you so much for listening to us. If you want to contact us, you can do so at Twitter. We have our links in the show notes. You can do so at Geek Therapy Forums at forums.geektherapy.com. Forum. forum Forum.geektherapy.com. And if you want to keep hearing more about this episode or our last season, please visit us at otaku.geektherapy.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.